You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Church and Pleasant Green Road. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now here's our pastor with this week's sermon. Thank you, Wayne. And I just want to join my voice in welcoming you this morning. It's good to be in the Lord's house. We're excited about Vacation Bible School starting tonight, and uh, we're, I just hope that you come this morning expecting a blessing. Uh, the worship doesn't end with the, the music ends. The, the worship continues as we study God's holy word. So as we approach his word this morning, we're, we're looking at the passage of scripture that is going to be the focus of Vacation Bible School this week, and that's Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and be turning in your Bibles uh, to that passage of Scripture. The first thing we're going to do is look at the motto for this uh, Vacation Bible School. And I'm going to have a couple of helpers that you're going to be very familiar with. Uh, Wayne and Kim, go ahead and be making your way up here. Now, if you're coming to Bible School tonight and the rest of this week, you're going to, if you don't know them already, you're going to get to know them maybe more than you really wanted to, right? So uh, we're going to be seeing all kinds of dance moves and things like that up here. But what they're going to do this morning is just help me with the motto, all right? So we're going to put the motto up on the screen, and there's a couple of motions that go along with the motto. So I believe, I think you want these people to stand up, right? Um, yes. Okay, so, so everybody. So we're going to do just like BBS. So come on up. Stand up. Get on up. All we're right. going to do the motto. Hey, what's the motto with you? <laughs> It, believe me, this will We're here all week. It will happen all week. Right. Every night. So, okay. So There's get ready for, to learn a couple of motions that go yes. along with the motto. Okay. Right. So our motto first says searching. And so on Wednesday, we decided that this was searching. Okay. Searching the visible. Good job. Okay. All right. Discovering. Ooh, get your telescope out. Discovering, this is my favorite, the invisible. When in doubt, go jazz hands, right? Okay. It's always the best. All right, are you ready? Okay, so we are searching the visible, discovering the invisible. Okay. I didn't hear a lick of that. Did you? Good. Gold I think star you guys are going to have to say it out loud. Right. They're not going to so, so we are going to use our loud voices. Okay. Does everybody know what that means? Okay. Oh, back there does. All right. Loud voices. Are you ready? Kids, I need your help. I can't get them going. All right. Let's go. Searching the visible, discovering the invisible. That was so All right, so good job. Fun. Well done. Thank you. All right. So you're going to be seeing more of Ms. Kim and Pastor Wayne as the week goes on. So uh, I hope that you will come back tonight and you will be seeing and enjoying a lot more of what they have to share. So we're going to be... The searching and discovering is going to start right now. Now, we're going to be doing Vacation Bible School, obviously, all this week.
but this morning we're going to be looking into God's Word and discovering what it is that He wants to show us and teach us. So now there, there's lots of different, lots of different tools of discovery that we uh, are aware of. Now, one of the things that you might have noticed up here is what is this thing shooting out of the out of this telescope? Right? All right. Did you notice the one out in the lobby? Awesome job of of not only building that but the decorations. And I just want to thank. Uh, Michael and Amber Jones and the rest of the team that did the decorations this year. Let's give them a hand. Well done. Uh, so thankful for the work that they have done. But okay, so that's one of the tools of discovery that we have is a telescope, right? So that can look into space and we can see the, the things that God has created there by, by using a telescope. Also, there's uh, a computer, right? So sometimes we can we can discover things by searching on a computer. You can Google it right, if you want some information. Now, one thing about uh, if you search things on a computer, just remember that not everything you find there is going to be true, okay? Just because you find it in the word search doesn't mean that it's true if you find it on a computer. But that's another way that we can search and discover things. But today, our tool and the rest of this week is going to be the Bible, God's Word. This is something that we know that we can trust. God's holy word is perfect. It is right. There is no error in God's word. So Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, very familiar passage of Scripture that reminds us the importance of using God's word for discovery. All Scripture is inspired by God, or in other words, God breathed. It is, it is from God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So that's going to be our tool. That's what we're going to use to discover truth, not only the rest of this week, but also this morning. And one other tool that I want to bring to your attention is going to be on the screen now and help me out. What is this one? Magnifying glass. Kids, you see that little picture of that in your bulletin this morning as well. What does a magnifying glass do? It helps us to see something more closely so that it can reveal the, the amount of detail. So we use a magnifying glass to look intently at something and discover more details. So this morning we're going to magnify God's Word. And the way we're going to approach God's Word this morning is we're going to use that passage of Scripture that we're looking at in Colossians chapter 1 the rest of this week. But we're going to pick a few specific words and we're going to magnify those words so we can discover the truth that God has for us in this passage of Scripture. Now there's one other tool that I want to bring to mind before we read this passage. And it's a very important tool that we use as followers of Christ, that it's prayer. Now, as we approach God's word, it's very important to remember that there's no way we can understand God's word or apply it appropriately if the Holy Spirit doesn't illumine our minds and help us see and understand it. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer before we read the passage of Scripture and ask him to reveal his truth to us this morning. So if you'll join me as we pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and we thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for uh, the truth of you as the creator God, the one who has created life, the one who sustains life, the one who redeems life. Lord, as we approach your word this morning, we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will open our hearts and our minds to understand what your word has to say to us. Help us not only to understand, but help, but help us to apply it appropriately to our lives, Lord. Lord, we just pray that in this time that you'll be honored and glorified. I pray that 
as I share from your word that you will guide my words and that you will use your word to penetrate the hearts of the people that are here this morning. Lord, we just want to say we love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, and I want to ask if you're able, if you'll stand as we honor the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. So Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. All right, you may be seated. So as we approach God's word this morning, we're going to Uh, Again, focus on just a few specific words and understand the detail of these words so we can understand in context what this passage is talking about. And we're going to discover some great truths about about God. So the first word that we see as we look at verse 15, he is the image. He is the image of the invisible God. So you see the word up there in Greek here, it's uh, icon. So uh, we get the word icon from this, and I think if we, if we think back, some of the different things are going to come to our mind about icon and what that means. Now, for those of us who are a little bit older, we might think about uh, certain people, iconic figures, so to speak, people who represented certain values. So first of all, this person that you see on the screen, who is that? Abraham Lincoln. Okay, what do you think of when you think about Abraham Lincoln? Honesty, trustworthy, courage, honest aid, right? So He was an iconic figure. He was an icon for honesty. All right, how about this next one? Mother Teresa. Okay, so if you think when you see Mother Teresa, what comes to mind? Compassion, care for those that are less fortunate. Very good. Now, we think about people. Sometimes now as we think about the word icon and how it's used in today's culture, it's a little bit more towards the idea of graphic symbols. Okay, kind of like logos and things like that. So an icon, so let's see the first one. What is this for? Facebook, all right. What's the next one? Twitter, all right. Next one's for the ladies. Did I hear any guys say that one? Pinterest, okay, very good. What about the next one? There's two here and mostly gonna be teenagers probably. Instagram and Snapchat, very good. So. These are uh, icons in a way. They're logos. They are visual, graphic symbols, representations that stand for something else. All right, so now we understand those things represent certain uh, companies and, and different social media platforms and things like that. But as we think about Jesus now, as we move on to this next slide, he's, he's more than a symbol. He's more than a, a representative. Now, if you think about it, he's, in a way, anytime we start to try to compare Jesus, compare God to, to things that we look at, they're going to fall a little bit short. All right, so I want to make sure that that's very clear. We're trying to grasp this concept in a way that can help us reveal and understand this concept about who Jesus is on a deeper level. So bear with me a minute as I talk about this part of it. Think about the, uh, a picture, if you will. Now, I don't have my phone up here with me because I don't like to have it up here in case... One of you wants to try to text me or call while I'm preaching. That wouldn't be good. So I don't have my phone in my pocket. But if say I'm going on a trip soon to Poland, and Suzanne is not going to go with me. 
But when I pull out my phone and I open it up, the first thing that shows up there is a picture. And that picture is of me and Suzanne together. So when I meet someone, I might go up to them and I would open the picture up and I'll say, this is my wife, Suzanne. Now that's a picture of my wife, obviously. She's not standing there with me, but it's a visual representation of my wife. Now one of the the ways that we can understand, and again, this falls short, but just to understand in that direction a little bit deeper, as you see this phrase up here, a visual, visible expression of God. If we think about Jesus coming to this earth, he is a visible expression of God. Now we're gonna take that a little further so you can understand the depth of the meaning because we wanna understand things, but unless you embrace these truths by faith, they're not really gonna mean a whole lot in your life. So as we look at some of these passages here, a little bit later in the same passage in Colossians, you see in verse 19, that it says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Talking about Jesus here. All right, so God was pleased to have all the fullness of God dwell in Jesus. So we see something revealed here about who Jesus is uh, in God being pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Hebrews chapter one and verse three. It says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature or his representation or a copy of his nature. So Hebrews reveals that, that Jesus is a representation, a radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of him. John 1.18, you see all this on the screen as well. No one has ever seen God, but what does the rest of that passage say? The one and only son, the one who was at the father's side, he has revealed him. So Jesus has revealed God to us. And Jesus, later on in the book of John, we see this quote from Jesus in, in John chapter 12, verse 45, and the one who sees me sees him who sent me. So Jesus himself states that who, when you see me, you've seen God. The, re, the reality here and the truth of when we think about the image, being in the image of God, Jesus is God. The truth and reality of who Jesus is, Jesus Christ is God. Now it's a wonderful truth that we can embrace this morning, and, and kids, if you, if you haven't fully understood that or embraced that in your life, you're gonna be hearing and learning more about that this week, about who Jesus is, that Jesus is in the image of the invisible God. He is actually God, God in the flesh. He is someone that we can trust and know, and he desires to have a relationship with us. So that's the first word that we're magnifying this morning is image. The second word that we wanna magnify is we move on in that same verse, verse 15, the firstborn over all creation, firstborn. So, as we think about a little bit more about what this word means, um, it does not mean, just to be very careful and clear about this, that Jesus was created, that he had a beginning. Scripture here and, and all through scripture reveals that Jesus has existed eternally. As a matter of fact, Jesus was present at creation. And we're going to be seeing a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. Here, when we're, we're looking at firstborn, it's always good to understand words in their context. And words have meaning. And that's why we want to dig into what words mean so that we apply those words appropriately so we can understand Scripture. Here, it's talking about an idea of preeminence. Now, that's a big word, preeminence. 
But as you see on the screen, there's a few other words that will help us understand what that means. It has to do with his position. It has to do with privilege or priority. So as we think about Jesus being the firstborn over all creation, it has to do with his unique and special place, a place of position, privilege, and priority. Uh, there's, a, there's a passage of scripture, and you see it on the screen, Psalm 89, 27. And this verse actually talks about God's talking about King David, how King David is the firstborn of the kings. Now, we know uh, from the life of David, he wasn't even the firstborn in his family, right? He was the youngest, and he wasn't the first king. But what God's talking about here when he talks about uh, David being the firstborn of the kings, it's talking about his priority, his position, that he is the, the highest, so to speak, of the earthly kings, and that's what God wants to point out there. It's a position of priority. Now, just to apply it to our lives today, just think uh, for a minute about how certain times that uh, we become a priority. Anybody, let's see, I know there's a couple of people that have had birthdays recently. I saw a couple of pictures on Facebook, Carrie, of, uh, of your party there, but uh, Logan Allison, where are you? All right, you wanna come up here for a minute, buddy? All right, Logan just had a birthday this past week. Turned nine years old, right? All right, he's gonna stand right here at the front for a minute. Proud of this guy, look at that, he's not, he's, I'll, I'll come up there, I'll stand right there in front of everybody. But here's the deal with birthdays. You become the focus of attention, right? It's about you that day, right? So you got to choose what you did for your birthday. And a lot of people, he went to Smith Mountain Lake, right? So that was his choice. All right, other things that happened, and I don't know exactly what all happened there on his birthday, but uh, I know a lot of times when I saw from Carrie's pictures, she got some presents. Did you get some presents? Yeah, he got a few presents, right? So it was, uh, it, it became about him. He became the focus of attention. Did they sing to you? Well, we, but a lot of times, a lot of times we, when it's our birthday, people sing to us, right? They, they sing happy birthday. So you're the focus of attention. Did you get a cake? Yeah, I got a cake. All right, so a lot of times birthday parties, they'll give you a cake, maybe a little ice cream, uh, but you are the focus of attention. It is about you that day. Thank you, thank you for coming up. Good job. Let's give him a hand for being brave, coming up. So, so as, you, as you think about uh, on your birthday, you have a position of priority at that point. That day, or at least that party, is about you. And you have presents that come your way, people focus on you, and they sing to you. So there's a priority uh, on that day for you. Now think about this in context of Jesus, that Jesus has a, a unique and special position every day. If we want to think about it in this way, in this context, that it's almost like we, we do celebrate Jesus' birthday in a way one time a year, but every day Jesus has this unique and special position to where the focus is on him. And if you think about verse 15, not only what it says here that he was the firstborn, notice that word, it says over all creation. Now some of your translations say of, but uh, I kind of like the way here in this, the ESV does the same thing with as uh, Christian, Holman Christian Standard is what we're using for VBS, but he is the firstborn over all creation. Again, this, this kind of magnifies the idea of his his position, his special and unique position. Verse 18, just a few verses later, you see in there it mentions that he is the head of the body. 
the church, again, a unique position that Jesus, only Jesus holds as the head of the church. And a little bit later on in verse, in that same verse, verse 18, it says that, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Again, a unique, specific position that is designated for Jesus and Jesus alone. Now, if we think about it, if we put it in the the party context for a minute, it's Jesus' party, and the great thing is we get invited to it. All right, so it's all about him. The focus is on him. He is the the firstborn over all creation, and he deserves our, our honor and our praise and another way that this idea of firstborn is, also, is mentioned in this passage and then also in a couple of passages in Revelation, you see it in verse 18, in the middle of it, it says that he is the firstborn from the dead. Now, Revelation uh, chapter one, verse five, says that uh, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So he's the firstborn from the dead. Later on in uh, chapter one, verse 18 of Revelation, Jesus himself says, I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death. So Jesus himself is over life. He is the creator of life, but he also is over death. So he holds the keys to death. So we're, we're discovering truth here about who Jesus is, understanding the depth of who he is, and by believing this and trusting in this, we can have a personal relationship with him that will change our lives. So we understand that from verse 15, there's, there's truth here about who Jesus is as not only the creator, the image of the invisible God, but also firstborn. But if we see more truth as we think about what happens here in verse 16, a couple more words that we're gonna focus on. We're gonna magnify the words by him and through him. So for everything, now we're not gonna walk through the middle of that passage, you might learn more about that this week, about what everything means, but basically for our context this morning, let's just say everything means everything, all right? All every creation, all creation things that we see around us, that everything was created by him and through him. So let's think about what those words mean for just a moment. So by him, he was an active participant in creation. Now, we know from Genesis 1 that in, in other places in Scripture that Jesus was actually present at creation. He was part of the creative order. John 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And it goes on to say in verse 17 in Colossians here, that he was before all things. So Jesus existed, he's always existed, he is is eternal, and he was present at creation. Verse 17 also says, not only is he before all things, it says, by him all things hold together. Do you see that there? Now Jesus was not only part of creation and creating things, but the literal aspect of creation continuing, the part of things that we enjoy today as we look around, that it is by his power that things are held together, that Jesus not only was an active participant in creation, that he is actively involved in sustaining 
what he created. He holds all things together, uh, daily maintaining balance. Now, as we look at the end of verse 16, there's another important uh, word there. It says, not only through him, but what? For him. It's created through him and for him. Now, this is important because we get to, to understand the depth of the reason behind creation, the reason behind everything that's around it. Ultimately, it's all about him. It's for his glory. It's for his honor. So uh, everything was created for him, for his glory. And the purpose, as we see in again in verse 18, we've already read that part of it, but it says that so that he might come to have first place in everything. Again, his position. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. So if you think about it, creation is God's artwork. It's his canvas. He displays his glory in his creation. Ultimately, we can enjoy creation, and I can look around and I can see the beauty of all that God created. Now, we can enjoy that, and we should, but what it should drive us to is to praise the one who created everything that we see. He should receive honor and glory for what he has created. Now, I want you to just to connect with, I know this will connect with the parents and grandparents in the room. You know, very often, uh, we use our refrigerators as a display of artwork, do we not? Now, the picture that you see on the, the screen here is a, is a picture of our refrigerator at the house. And uh, you can't really tell the refrigerators behind there because we have so many different works of art that are displayed there. Now, if you look at that, especially the one that's forefront there, we'll just look at that one for a minute. You probably would look at that and in, in your eye, it may not be beautiful. In mine, it's gorgeous. It's one of the most beautiful works of art that I've ever seen. Why is that? Well, it's because our granddaughter, Adelaide, she drew that for Granny and for Poppy. So while we can find some kind of uh, enjoyment in looking at it, what really makes it beautiful is that I know the one who created it. And I can enjoy and embrace the beauty of that picture because the one who created it loves me too. So we, we, that, as we look at the beauty that's around us, it should drive us to a deepening, not only understanding, but an appreciation for who God is. It should drive us to, to worship. And like I said earlier, you know, we do understand that it really is about him. But the fact that he allows us to be a part of things the, the fact that he loves us and extends that love to us does make it about us. But it's important that we don't start with it's about us. It's important that we start with this about God and the fact that he allows us to be a part of it and displays his love to us shows us how valuable we are. And these next couple of uh, passages are gonna help us see and understand that a little more clearly. Romans chapter nine, verse 23 and what if he did this to make known the riches of his glory on objects of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory? And then Ephesians chapter 2 and just a couple of verses there, verse 7 and verse 10, are going to continue to reveal this idea of even our salvation is primarily about God and for his glory. And we, we skip over this sometimes when we think about the Ephesians 2 passage. It's very clear that we are saved by his grace through faith, 
not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about us and what we do. It's all about God and what he has extended and offered freely to us, his grace. But sometimes we skip over this little phrase in, in verse 7 where it says, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. When I read that, I'm, what I'm thinking here is even our salvation is, is extended to us so that God can display his glory, display his grace and show how great he is. And in verse 10 goes on to say, for we are his workmanship, we are his poema, we are his poetry, we are his work of art, so that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Beautiful passages of scripture that help us understand the depth of all things, including us, were created for him, and for his glory, and for his purposes. Now, anytime we, we discover these truths, one thing that I always is very important to me is that we have some takeaways, some things that it's the kind of the so what. All right, we hopefully you see the magnitude and the importance of what Scripture is teaching us. But what does that mean to us today? And what should we do as far as when we walk away? How how do we apply these things to our lives? So I just have three things kind of as we wind up the message. The first one that I want you to see. Is, is that we should observe and believe the truth of who he is. Now, we can go to Scripture, and it's very important. This Scripture is how God has revealed himself to us. Now, we can look at creation, and we can learn something of God, a general revelation of who he is. And it's the same evidence that's in front of us. And, and there are people who are not believers and people who are believers who are looking at the same evidence that's all around us in creation. But as believers, we look at creation, and we see the beauty of God. We can observe the creative nature of God and how these things that are around us didn't just happen by chance. But as we continue to observe, not only in his specific revelation, his word, God has given us uh, a gift that we can see and understand and know who he is through his word. So we should not only observe, and observation is very important. And kids, you're gonna be doing more of that this week and your leaders are gonna be taking you through scripture to help you observe what the word of God has to say about who Jesus is. But it's important that we not only observe, but that we take it a step further in, in receiving it and believing it and trusting in who Jesus is. That's the way it's gonna make a difference in our lives. So observe and believe. But then also number two, that we are impacted by the things we observe and discover every day. We're not neutral. You know, you're gonna be, you're gonna be impacted and drawn by the things that you expose yourself to each and every day. Now, Romans 12, 2, this is a very uh, familiar passage to a lot of us, the men, that when we meet on Wednesday night, we're talking about this very idea. We're going through a book called Demolishing Strongholds, but the, one of the things that really we're focusing on there is we're in a battle, not only in a spiritual battle, but there's a battle going on in our culture today for our minds. And what we do with our minds and what we expose our minds to is very important. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, uh, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So as we think about that truth, you're not neutral. You may think you are. You may think that, you know what, I'm, I'm just kind of right where I am. I'm not moving forward. I'm moving back. Every day, things are impacting your thinking. And you're exposing yourself to all kinds of things in, in the news, social media, whatever it is that is incoming into your mind, it impacts you and it can either draw you closer to God or pull you further away. 
And that's why it's so important for us to be focused on and invested in and discovering the truth from God's word. Because only then are we gonna continue to grow and understand who he is and let his word change us. You're not neutral. You're impacted each and every day. So I just wanna encourage you to continue to discover truth and apply that truth and, truth and believe in that truth that he reveals to you through his word. And the third thing is that you are loved and of great value. You know, it, it never ceases to amaze me that the sovereign God of the universe, the creator of all things, knows me and loves me personally. Each and every one of you in here are of great value to God. God cares deeply for you. God created you, and his, even as we just seen through this passage, for a purpose, for him. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are his workmanship. He has created something for us to do beforehand. And he gives us the grace and the gifts and the things that we need in order to accomplish that purpose. You know, a lot of times people feel like they don't really have what it takes. Or they feel like they're, they're focused on worldly definitions of success or even what they look like, the gifts that they have. And they kind of diminish the value that they have based on what, how world defines success and value. But I want to tell you that, that God loves you just as you are. God has created you just as you are. God desires to have a relationship with you. And your value is, I think, found in no better place than as we consider the cross and what Jesus did on our behalf. And that by dying for us, he took the punishment that we deserve. That shows you how valuable you are to God and how much he loves you and cares for you. You're loved and of great value. So you may be here this morning and you think, I don't know what I have to offer. Let me, let me just encourage you to find your value in God. Let me encourage you to just think through the truth of who he is and for you not only to observe that truth, but also believe it and accept it into your own life. I believe God will extend the grace uh, that, he, that you need in order not only to believe these things, but also to walk in that truth. So as we close this morning, as, as we always end the service, just it's an opportunity for you just to respond in the way that the Holy Spirit is leading you. Uh, just as you consider these truths and the things that we're gonna take away, important discoveries, not only today, but as we launch forward into the rest of the week, uh, what is it that God has shown you this morning and how should you respond to the truth of the things that he's shown you? Uh, it may be that if you wanna talk to me, Pastor Bob, if, if you have something going on in your life, you just want us to pray for you or to just talk to you about uh, certain things, please come up and let me know that. The altar will be open uh, if you just want to come up and, and pray for our children this week, for the workers. Uh, whatever it is that God lays on your heart, I just want to encourage you just to do business with God as he stirs in your heart. If you'll join me as we pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to encounter your word this morning. Lord, we thank you for the truth that's there. Lord, I pray as we uh, encounter your truth and as your Holy Spirit reveals it to us, Lord, that we will respond to what it is that you're doing in our hearts. Lord, uh, there may be someone here this morning who has never uh, responded to the gospel. Lord, the, the truth of your word, even as we saw in Ephesians 2, the idea that 
Lord, you have created a way for us to be in a relationship with you. It's not of our works. We can't earn our salvation. It is all by your grace and the free gift that you have extended to us. So if there's someone here this morning who has never uh, believed on that, I pray, Lord, that you'll stir their hearts and draw them to yourself. And I pray that they'll respond just by talking to someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the front, somebody after the service. But I pray that they'll respond, Lord, and not push you away, but just receive and accept that free gift that you extend to them. Uh, and also just for believers, Father, those who have placed their faith and trust in you. Lord, you may have stirred someone's heart to see uh, the importance and the value that they have and to be able to use the gifts uh, that you've given them to be able to serve the body and to glorify your name. Lord, and there may be people here who just want to just pray, Lord, for your guidance and your direction for the future and what that might look like. Even given this week with uh, Vacation Bible School going on, Lord, I pray that we'll continually be in this, this uh, spirit of prayer as we lift up the leaders and the children that'll be here and even the families that'll be impacted. There may be some parents of the children who won't even set foot on the, the campus this week, Lord, but by what the children learn and what they take home, the truth of the gospel, Lord, I pray that you'll use that to imp impact the homes that these kids go back to. So, Lord, we just give this time to you. We thank you for it, and we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we close this morning, if you'll just uh, stand. And as God stirs your heart, just respond as he leads you. The altar's open if you want to pray.
Thank, thank you, Pastor Curry, for sharing this morning. Appreciate that. For listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church, we welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 a.m. for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, then please share it with others and check out our ministries at ebcconnect.org.